What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. question of course if this song came out today there'd probably be people that would try to cancel it oh my god i can't believe i can't believe she's asking that question i mean oh, oh, oh i'm so offended oh. <laughs> oh. 639-4900 text lines open 744-2990 <laughs> James Holland joins us, the Senior Associate Commissioner of the Big South at 735. We're going to talk about the tournament down at the Bojangles. Jen, briefly, Jen's on a work thing this morning. She's got a lot going on on heading to the weekend. Then Mike Ashley. Okay, now we're getting the text here. What's your Super Bowl food of choice for the weekend? The big game's on Sunday. All right, Joni, I'll turn you down now. Just kind of have that going on in the background of the show the rest of the day. All right, so I got a text here. Super Bowl smoker plans this weekend, and it's, it's meat. No cauliflower allowed, absolutely. Give me nothing but protein. That looks really good. Is that brisket? Oh, got the bark on there. Wings, I know, will be uh, full throttle. Bill was talking about this on Wednesday. Wings and pizza. I, I don't associate pizza with my Super Bowl, but I guess it makes sense. I guess people do do that. Second biggest grilling day outside of the 4th of July, Bill said. I, I wasn't aware of that. I, I did not know that. Sorry, that's my very bad Johnny Carson impersonation. But... Uh, Second biggest grilling day is Sunday. Smoker, grilling, all that stuff. I'm going to do that sometime. I am. There's going to be a time, by the way, if I'm still doing this program, if we're still on the air, 
we're going to have a either a Super Bowl or something, some kind of day at Rick's where the peeps are all invited. You can bring your own, you know, your own grill, whatever. And we're just going to have a day of football, great food, beverages, and we'll see who's actually conscious at the end of the day. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'd love to do that. It'd be so much fun. Don't know when that'll happen, but I'd like to do that. And have people just bring and and prepare their own meats the way they like, and then we could just kind of just have this big smorgasbord. And we won't have to worry about any sides. Don't I don't if you want to bring a side, that's fine. I don't I just don't care. But there is going to be a qualification. No vegetables are allowed into my big football grilling party whenever it happens. And if you insist on having a vegetable, then you're not invited. <laughs> now I'm not going to count potatoes because they kind of go with certain meats. That, you know, they they've been kind of tossed aside by the vegetable community, which is fine, so I've kind of adopted them into the the whole meat community. And I know people like their potatoes either you know, bake, grill, whatever. I mean, that that's fine. We'll allow them in. But don't come at me with some kind of prepared salad or any of that stuff. We don't, no, 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 no. There will be guards at the bottom of the driveway that will search your vehicle. Like when I go on the road to do a game at one of the academies, Navy or West Point <laughs> or Air Force, where they make you... Open up your equipment box, right? And then they frisk you. You're going to be frisked and your car will be checked for any kind of vegetable apparel. Or paraphernalia, I should say. Apparel. Yeah, we should do that. That'd be fun. I guarantee the peeps will get involved in that. Wouldn't that be great? Anyway, I digress. Uh, I got a good text here because I, I feel the same way, Texter. I do. But I do have some reasoning why it'll never happen. He says um, money is slowly turning, I'm sorry, ruining college football and basketball, in my view. Money limits on NIL, restrictions on portal moves should be established by college presidents and conference leadership to save this slowly sinking ship. I think a lot of people agree with that sentiment. But here's what I have found out talking to other schools. The presidents don't give a damn. All the presidents care about are the fiscal reports at the end of the year. All they care about is the amount of money being made by these programs, and they don't care how student-athletes are coming in, and they don't care how long they stay. They just don't. They really don't. And you know who else doesn't care? No matter how much they want to say it on the surface, the other part of your equation, the conference commissioners don't care. Because the conference commissioners act much like Roger Goodell, right? Roger Goodell 
has kept his job and is viable because he has helped negotiate through television and media rights deal to make the billionaires who hire him even more money. He's not worried about the integrity of his game because if he were concerned about it, he wouldn't make asinine comments like, quote, I think the officiating is as good as it's ever been in, in my league. <laughs> uh. So the premise of your text, I agree with. And I think a lot of people feel that way. But you see, there's nobody that's going to be able now to put restrictions on the NIL. There are no rules, so all of a sudden, who's going to take that up? The NCAA no longer controls college football. So therefore, there's not going to be any rules from them. The only way this would work is if the Power Fives, however this thing breaks off, then agrees as a whole to say, here's our new rules. And to have some kind of, I hate to say this because the government sucks, but you would have to get probably Congress involved to draw up something that is a legal binding document at that point. And you know what else they're never going to do at this point? Because they've opened it up. And I've, I, again, I'm not just coming at this without knowledge. I have talked to schools from all over. I talked to these other uh, broadcasters, SIDs, ADs. The schools are so afraid of litigation that there's no way they're going to be able to restrict the portal like we all say they should. You cannot allow this freedom at the beginning that they have allowed that's gotten out of control, then all of a sudden reel it back in. Lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, and the schools know they would probably lose. It sucks. I don't like it. I didn't like hearing it. But then there's the realization of, yep, you know what? You're right. You're exactly right. So we just have to adapt to this newness of what it is, this free agency. Because I'm like you. This is why I've been saying this for the last couple of years about college recruiting, and everybody still gets all excited about College recruiting, when it used to be something you would get a kid in your football program, you knew you had him three years. Or if not sooner, you would say, well, it's not working out. Or maybe you would allow a transfer after lots of discussion. You would have to apply to be able to transfer. Now, I don't care who you sign out of high school, he could be gone in a heartbeat. And when you have coaches that are setting a bad example as well, right? I just gave you the story, right? What's going on down there at uh, Miami? Charlie Strong is out. Gidry, the Tulane, he just took the job um, at Tulane. He was on the job three weeks and doesn't live up to any of it. He leaves immediately to go to Miami. I mean, you have coaches that aren't loyal. They don't care. They just don't care. And trust me, I'm just telling you, never before in the last – several years have colleges and universities and especially athletic departments been turned into nothing but a money machine. It's just all about revenue. And I'm not saying these are bad people. I'm not saying the presidents are bad people or the ADs or the conference commissioners. 
but they just don't care. They're not concerned about it like we are as fans. When they get up there and talk about it, it's just posturing. Yeah, we need to do something. Meanwhile, like when Greg Sankey gets up there and he's still perceived as being the most powerful man in college sports, which he's allowed to go straight to his ego and he actually believes that, which is sad. When he's up there talking about how we need regulation and we need to do this, this is also the same guy who wants to make the NCAA tournament either more inclusive or make it just power fives to suit his own selfish needs. And he knows when his member institutions are going through the portal and signing all these kids and they build up all these NIL coffers that it's going to make that 700 almost $800 million that they just distributed amongst their schools into billions because the more winning, the more fans, the more merchandise sales, the more TV networks are going to pay, the richer he gets along with his member schools. He doesn't give a damn about the state of college football. Greg Sankey couldn't care less about the state of college football. All he cares about is the SEC. And you know what? That's okay. Because that's his job. Just like Roger Goodell's job is to make the owners money. But just don't get up there and act like you have a concern for the overall health of your game. Don't get up there and treat us like idiots and lie. I know this listening audience is too smart for that. And you know SEC fan that's even more pretty much ingrained at least 10 or 12 of their programs to levels that we don't even understand as great as tech football fan is? Don't, don't get up there and lie and act like you're concerned about this and that. You, you don't care. Just stop. Because the higher the television deals that are signed, the more revenue it's created, the richer you get. And the more power you wield. So don't, just stop. But I've had these conversations. I do. It's how I prepare to come on and be able to talk about them on the show. And this is just reality. Nobody is jumping for joy, at least in places like Wake Forest. You know, I mean, pick a school. Pitt. Virginia Tech. I mean, just pick one of the, the schools that you don't associate with, you know, huge NIL deals. Or whatever it might be. But it's just that's just the way it is. It's just like watching a politician talk. Right? You know it's not the truth. <laughs> but somehow we continue to watch and we get drawn in anyway. People actually decide to watch and actually, oh, well, that was a terrific speech. I mean, my goodness. When every bit of it is a falsehood. Well, that's what happens when Greg Sankey gets in front of a microphone. What is it? Uh, sodium pentothal? Is that the, uh, the truth serum you always see in movies when they want to get the truth out of somebody? I'd like to see him be injected with that and then about 20 minutes later get up there and then be asked these questions and then see if he tells the truth. But none of these commissioners, other than maybe the Pac-12 and the Big 12, but the Big 10 and the SEC and ACC's concerned, at least, let me just say it that way. I, let me correct myself. The Big 10 and the SEC couldn't care less about the state of college athletics because they're getting richer 
and fatter. They don't care. Now, the ACC, who's getting left behind? The Big 12, who going to really struggle without Texas and Oklahoma in the Pac-12, which has no identity. I mean, they are concerned, but they're only concerned because, oh no, our money-making ability has been shrank. We'll be back. The senior commissioner of the Big South is going to join us in about 10 minutes, James Holland, talk about the uh, tournament. Then Jen and Mike Ashley in hour number three. See, the problem is the people that run or ruin, as Dave just said, college sports, uh, they don't care like we do. The fans, we care about it more. We care about the integrity of the game because we're fame. We want it to be right because we want it to be competitively balanced. You want to be able to commit to cheering for student athletes longer than one year or a few months, right? Because we we the integrity of it's what we count on in competition in sports. Unfortunately, the business side of it has shrouded that appeal from the people who govern these sports and the people who run these schools. So when Greg Sankey's talking about taking away the mid-majors from the NCAA, you know the only reason he's doing that? He wants more revenue for his own league and the other Power Fives. They want the revenue for themselves. Why should we have to share this with schools who don't make the revenue? What? They're showing you right there that they don't care about anybody else but themselves. When they're trying to immediately say, hey, all you smaller schools, all you mid-majors, it doesn't really matter. All you non-power fives, just, no, stay out of our tournament. That's what he wants. If he had his, if he had his brothers, that's what he would do. Greg Sankey would do that. He would have the power to say, and he would just wield it. He would say, well, you're done. This is now just a power five NCAA tournament. And it would be failed immensely nationally. The fans would not respond to it. So I think he floated that out there just to see what kind of reaction. Of course, he got immense pushback from just about everybody. But you see the thought process that he even had to bring that up, right? I don't know how many college basketball national writers I saw that told him just to stay stay involved in football, leave our tournament alone. It's the greatest sporting event we have. Just shut up and stay away from it. That's what they were saying. They were, in so many words, some even got more vicious than that. But just the mere fact that that thought is going on and there were people who thought, yeah, I think that's a good idea, Greg. I think you should get up there and and say that on a live microphone in front of cameras. Why don't you bring that up about shrinking the NCAA tournament, taking it away from the mid-majors? I think that's a great idea. There are actually people propping that up. That's their ego. That shows you how dominant and in control they believe that they are. It's a dictatorship. Much like when government goes astray, it becomes a dictatorship and it's all about control. You know, kind of the way it's been since COVID. (laughs) Well, it's the same thing when you're talking about making comments like that. Why should the mid-majors have part of this? What kind of money are they making us? I mean, uh, 
James Holland joins us next from the Big South. We're going to talk about the Bojangles tournament. It's anybody's tournament. As we saw last night, boy, any night it can happen. Gardner-Webb beats up on Radford last night. Stay with us. More coming up. Stand the wood. That's okay. You do you, Eddie. <laughs> By the way, uh, we have given away all of our uh, Virginia Tech Florida State women's basketball tickets. So congratulations to all the folks who are getting to go. Love hearing the stories about how it's an opportunity for uh, dads to uh, take their daughter to a game. I think that's really cool. So we'll have more in the future, however. We'll get back to your phone calls coming up here in just a little bit, as we mentioned. We're now joined on the program. His name is James Holland, the Senior Associate Commissioner of the Big South. James, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Great to be on the show this morning. Well, we do appreciate the time, James. And here we are now in February. And as you know, this is the most exciting time, especially in leagues like the Big South, right? The mid-majors, because even though the tournament hasn't started yet, which we're going to get into, it kind of feels like it, right? Especially on the men's side, because you never know night to night what's going to happen. Well, you, you know, for this particular year, I think uh, there's there's not that team that's just way out in front of everyone else. Last year was Longwood. Uh, you know, Winter was trying to hang in there with them, but Longwood kind of stretched out. Uh, you know, this year, you know, like, as you mentioned, we've got four teams at the top that could potentially uh, end up winning the league. So uh, this stretch run is going to be a, a really nice run to follow and watch. Oh, there's no question about it. And uh, we saw it, unfortunately, from a Radford perspective last night with Gardner-Webb coming in to win. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. Now, you've been there now, what, about five years, I think, as uh, the senior commissioner. And, and let's talk about what you've been through now in these discussions, because I know this league is always considering what is best ultimately all the way around for its member institutions. And we've had where home sites have hosted the whole time, and or at least the higher seeds until they lose. But last year, it really felt like a tournament, didn't it, down in Charlotte at the Bojangles Arena? You know, I, I've been around college you know, basketball for close to for 40 years now as a player and as, and as a coach and, and now an administrative role. And when you go to a neutral site tournament and teams come in and, you know, you kind of look around and you, you see the other – last year was 12 teams that uh, – uh, well, 24 teams total with the men and women mm-hmm. uh, walking in. And you've seen each other. You've played a, a schedule. And you've seen each other a couple of times for the entire year. And now all of a sudden you come in and, and you uh, your games – Two o'clock and someone else's game at six o'clock. It's just a different feel, and I think last year our student athletes really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we had, we had some good support in the stands that you can always be better better there. Uh, so it, it was a really, really good event last year. We're trying to make it better this year, and, and then we'll just kind of see where it goes. James Holland joining us on the program, the Senior Associate Commissioner of the uh, Big South Conference, and it was year one down in Charlotte. Uh, what were some of the, the main positives that you took, and what are some of the ways that uh, you and the rest of the brass down at the league trying to, to look to make it a little bit better here in 2023? You know, we're always talking about student-athlete experience, and, and the feedback we received from, you know, everyone who attended, all the student-athletes who attended last year was very, very positive. A couple of teams came in and uh, who, had, who had had the experience of going to the NCAA tournament before, mm-hmm. 
uh, and they came in and doing their shoot-around tournaments, they said, wow, this is like being in the first round of the tournament. And, you know, when you hear those comments, uh, it makes you feel really, really good because you feel like you're doing some things right. And, and you know, the staff here at the Big South, you know, uh, Shelly Davis, Mark Simpson, uh, you know, they, you know, we, we worked very, very hard. You know, obviously the commissioner, Kyle, is in charge of everything. And, and we worked hard to try to, to give them that feel. I think the coaches, uh, if you've ever coached a game, uh, you know that when you walk on the court, you want to try to make sure your team has uh, the same advantages as the other team, the team you're competing against. And when you're at a neutral site, you, uh, you, you know, regardless if you're the eighth seed or the first seed, you know, you feel like this is a neutral court, rims, balls, mm-hmm. everything. And, and so you have a, a chance to win. And, you know, conversely, I think as you mentioned earlier, you know, our league, a mid-major league where uh, we're going to get one bid most years. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you reward the team that went through you know this gauntlet that you go through as a, as a uh, during a regular season, and somewhat reward them, and you know that's what the higher seed was able to do. Obviously, uh, you know when you're on campus, it's easier to to get support from the fans and the community, and 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 you know teams can travel in. So, you know when you're weighing it, uh, I mean I think you can make a you can make a case for either side. Uh, yeah, I think the, the the neutral the neutral court, you know gives every team a, a, a equal shot. And I think the uh, home court playing on campus rewards the regular season uh, winner. James Holland joining us on the program, the Senior Associate Commissioner of the Big South Conference. We're talking about the 2023 Big South Conference Basketball Championships just right around the corner. And that approach you just described, James, is why I've had so much respect for yourself and everybody down at the conference offices because – you go right to the student-athlete, right? And that's what we're all supposed to be in this for, is the, the best well-being, both physically and mentally, for our student-athletes. And I love the fact that the first thing you let off with was, what did you do? You went and talked to the student-athletes about that experience. That was the most important thing. Well, I mean, I think it's always. Being a, having been a former student-athlete over 40 years ago, uh, even if you're not a student-athlete, you know, if you're just a student and you're on campus, those are normally the best four years of your life. Now, I'm, I'm, today's my birthday. I'm 63 years old. Hey, happy birthday! <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And then when you look back over your life, you know, you get farther away. Uh, you know, obviously your 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 wife, your kids, uh, as an adult. But when you go back, and you think about 18 to 22. Those can be the best years of your life. And uh, you know, we want to make sure that we do everything to enhance that. Uh, for our student athletes, and um, you know, putting them first in every decision that we make, uh, I think it's, it's the only way to do it. Well, and last night on our, our game on our radio broadcast, Kyle Kalander was at our game at Radford, and I spoke to him. Uh, of course, he's uh, he's leaving; he's heading into retirement. And you mentioned him, and uh, I know that's one thing that I'm sure attracted you to about wanting to work at the conference office about how Kyle. He's going to be missed, and he's always had the best interest, hasn't he, for this league. He's done so much for the visibility of the Big South to allow even this conversation to take place about having our tournament back at a neutral site. Well, you know, he, this, is, this is kind of his baby. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, Jim, uh, when you look at coaches, Mike Krzyzewski, who's the head coach at Duke, and he built that, built that program at Duke. Uh, they had some years beforehand, but when you think of – Duke basketball, you think of, you know, Mike Krzyzewski. When you, uh, you know, you think of the Big South, I think you have to think of Cal Kalander. You know, he, he's been the commissioner now 
uh, you know, basically close to three decades. And, and every decision he makes, whether or not it's membership, uh, whether or not it's a tournament format, you know, he's always thinking about the conference as a whole. Uh, very rarely, if ever, have I known him to think selfishly for himself or anything that's going on with the conference. He's always, and that's hard to do. When you're in charge, that's really, really very difficult to do is, is, is not necessarily take what you want to do uh, and put it at the forefront, but look at what's best for everyone in the league. And he talks that way, you know, every day that we're in the conference office. What's best for the league? What's best for our member institutions? What's best, uh, at, you know, at, to move forward and, and, and grow the league? So he's going to be really, really missed. Uh, sometimes you don't know what you have until they're not here. Right. And, uh you know, but he's going to be really, really missed. He's done an outstanding job for the conference office. James Holland joining us on the program, the Senior Associate Commissioner of the Big South Conference, on his birthday, by the way. <laughs> well, let me ask you about your career. I, I think it's it's kind of not you, – you mentioned you were such a – you played and you were a coach for a long time, and now you are here in this administrative role. Each of those things, James, how has that helped you get to where you are now to be able to say, okay, I remember going back as a student athlete and as a coach, and you helped develop so many good players at Murray State. If I'm not mistaken, you were there when uh, Popeye Jones was there. But how did that help you, uh, make you feel like you could slide into the role as an administrator? You know, one word, tremendously. I mean, when you can draw on your own personal experiences when you're in the conversations with – you know, when you're talking about student-athletes and you were a student-athlete, when you're, uh, you know, talking about coaching and the coaches in your league and, and you were a coach, uh, and now to see the other side and sit in the room when you have your administrators and you know how decisions are being made uh, from the CEOs. Uh, you know, I was on a call yesterday with our, our head athletic trainers, and, and a lot of those things, when you're on one side or the other, you really don't know what the other side is thinking. And for me to have experienced that, um, you know, the other part I played after college. Mm-hmm. So I understand the idea of, of wanting, to, you know, going to college and then wanting to play post-college and, and, you know, make money playing the game, doing something that you really, really love. So uh, my experience, you know, when I was a coach, um, you know, I would ask guys when they came in, what do you want to do uh, after college? And, you know, they all want to get their education. They all want to get their degree. They'll say that. But they all want to play, uh, you know, Men's side, women's side, they want to play. Now, they may not admit it, mm-hmm. but they want to play. And, and so to pull that out of them and say, don't, you know, you don't have to be bashful. Uh, you know, how can I help you get to where you want to go? So every experience I had, you know, from a student athlete to an administrator now has assisted me when I'm sitting in the room and I'm listening to people talk about what's best. Uh, I, I think I've, it's benefited me tremendously. Yeah, you're always understanding where they're coming from, aren't you? Because you lived it. You know, I, I've lived it, and, you know, the winning a game and losing a game, traveling on the weekends, uh, you know, during the regular season and missing uh, holidays because you're, you know, I've been fortunate to be at a high major level where, you know, I'm in Maui on Christmas, and you think that's great. Uh, you know, I've also been in Alaska, you know, during Thanksgiving mm-hmm. when it was cold and everything. <laughs> right. and so, you know, you, you, you see it from, you know, a fan's perspective, and you love getting up on Christmas Day or you know, a holiday and flip your TV on and, and you see a game. You want to watch a game. Uh, but you got to think about it. there are people who are not at home and they're out, you know, playing and, and, and entertaining you. So I understand that part of it. Uh, you know, and I, and I understand that, you know, now there's a different day with uh, uh, as far as gender equity across the board now, women 
you know, women's sports being recognized and being supported the way they need to be supported. So, uh, you know, I, I feel good about that. I, and I feel good that I can draw upon, you know, my personal experiences and not just, well, somebody told me this or I read it, read it in a book somewhere, you know, and, and I feel good that I can really talk from experience. Well, James, before I let you go, I want to talk about your playing career more in depth. Of course, I think you were a four-year starter at Upstate, and you guys won an NAIA National Championship. But what I think is so cool, too, part of your professional career was you spent time with the Harlem Globetrotters. Can you talk about that experience? I think that is uh, – I, I love to hear about that. Can you talk about how you got involved in that? And, I mean, you're hanging out with Curly Neal and Metal Lark and Geese Osby. I mean, that is such a cool thing to have on your resume. You know, you, you come out of college, and I, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I knew I wanted to play uh, after college, but, you know, I never had any idea that it would be for the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I played, you're right. I played four years. I was fortunate and blessed to, to win a national championship uh, my, my senior year in college back in 1982. And, and then to come back after that, and, and then all of a sudden get a phone call that went to my head coach and said, hey, you know, we like this Holland guy. We'd like for him to come down to the tryouts. And so I uh, flew down to Houston, Texas, and walk in, and there's 60 other guys there, and we're, we're competing for four spots. And, wow. uh, you know, again, I was able to draw upon my experience. When you, when you, when you just came off, come off a national championship, you're probably not in awe of any situation. True, you know, you, true. You feel good. You, you feel like you're prepared for anything. And, and I used that to my advantage and was fortunate enough to make the team. And, and, uh, and, and you're right, play with the likes of Curly Neal and, and, and Guy Sosby and travel, uh, you know, around the, the country. I spent three months in Canada to start my career, and then I was all over the United States and playing in places like the old uh, Forum in L.A., the Boston Garden, uh, Madison Square Garden. And, and, you know, I'm just a young, you know, 23-year-old guy from Charlotte, North Carolina, who went to school in <laughs> In, in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is now USC Upstate. So, you know, it, it's an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. And uh, the people I met, the places that I was able to go, uh, it, it was it was uh, truly, truly, truly a great experience for me. Oh, it sounds like it would have been. I'd like to sit down with you and just hear some of the stories that you can't tell over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, you know, let's, 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 let's talk about it. I know we're, we're going, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there, there, there's, there's a lot of stories there. And when you come down to Charlotte, hopefully you'll be in Charlotte this year. Yeah, I'll be there. Visit. Absolutely. Uh, but, Absolutely. You know, <laughs> the game last night, you know, tough game for the for, for Radford. Um, Gardenworth came in and played really, really well. They I was did. watching on ESPNU last night, one of our wild card games. So I know you were you were there. You said you talked to Kyle. And, and uh, you know, Radford had been playing playing great. Uh, Gardenworth is playing, you know, strong right now. Yep, and, and yep. And came in on a five-game winning streak. Raptors on a nine-game winning streak. And you know, I'm watching the game. I'm looking at the stats. And you know, as a former coach, again, I can identify. And no matter how well you're playing, you know, when you shoot 32% from the field and 18 from the three-point line and 50% from the three, I mean, from free throw line, you know, it's it's tough to win any game. And I could feel I could feel the frustration last night. You know, now I don't. I want to give some credit to Gardner Webb. You know, they came in and played really, really tough and. Uh, you know, 51% from the field and, and 43% from the free throw, I mean, from the three-point line. And, you know, that makes for, you know, a chance for you to win anywhere. And, uh, but, but Raptors playing well. Darius is doing a, a great job there. I know uh, the, uh, the school is excited about what he's done this year, and, and I think they're going to be right in the mix down the stretch along with Longwood and 
and UNC Asheville. So it's, it's going to be a great finish to uh, the Big South Conference regular season. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Well, James, listen, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking time this morning. I know we're all excited about the tournament coming up here in a few weeks down at the Bojangles Arena. Congratulations to you and your staff, and I hope you have a great birthday heading into the weekend. What do you got planned today? Well, I'm going to be, uh, you know, on the phone today trying to get tickets sold for the tournament, you know, $20 a ticket uh, for a day. You can come in and watch the tournament, and, and uh, I'm going to try to get the word out at 18 games in, 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 in uh, five days, and it's going to be a great, great event down here in Charlotte. Looking forward to everyone from Radford and Radford area coming down, starting on March the 1st, and, and watching some great basketball and, and watching, you know, two champions being crowned and punching their ticket to the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's a great deal, by the way. Those are some great prices. I mean, that's unbelievable. You talk about value. <laughs> I mean. Well, we, we, try, we, we tried to price it in a way where uh, if you're a sidewalk fan, you don't have an affiliation with the Big South. Yeah. That, that you can come in, you can bring your family, not break the bank uh, to come watch some great basketball. You know, and I can say, I want to say this, you know, if you buy the ticket and you're, you come to the 12 o'clock game and you watch the 2 o'clock game, and then you decide you want to run someplace and get some need if you don't want to eat in the arena, you can leave and you can come back on that same ticket. So you have in-and-out privileges with the ticket. Uh, you know, again, we want people to come support our student-athletes uh, from, from, you know, from Rapp University, from Charleston Southern. Uh, but we also want the, 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 the fan that's not, again, associated with any school to be able to come to the game and, and get excited, adopt the team, follow them the, the entire way. You know, the women on the women's side, Garden Web is – out in front right now, uh, 13-0 in the mm-hmm. league and playing some great basketball. So, you know, sons can, I mean, fathers can bring their daughters and mothers can bring their sons and they can all come together and watch some great basketball for, for five days. Absolutely. Great value and great basketball. James, thank you so much for your time, man, and have a great weekend and a happy birthday once again. Thanks, Rick. Look forward to talking to you guys again. Yeah, we'll see you down in Charlotte. There you go. That's uh, right. James Holland, the Senior Associate Commissioner of the Big South Conference. And, of course, those of you locally will have all the information you need about the uh, Big South Conference Tournament if you make your plans to follow the Highlanders as they take part both on the men's and women's side. Thanks to James. We'll take a break. We're coming back. We're wrapping up Hour 2. Remind you what's ahead in the Power Hour when we return here on this Finally Friday edition. karaoke night church of the poison mine <laughs> had no idea by the way 
<laughs> where we were. Anyway, thanks to James Holland, Senior Associate Commissioner of the Big South. Hour three, drive time coming up. The Power Hour with Jen and Mike Ashley. Final hour of another week.